We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2021 Arnold Palmer Invitational, presented by MasterCard. DraftKings picks and preview. Remember to smash the like. Give me your favorite 6K play in the comment section. That would help out greatly. Also, leave a rating and review for the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast on Apple Podcasts. If you subscribe on other podcast systems, I would love for you to leave a rating and review, except no one knows how to do that. They don't have them, so, you know. Thank you. If you want to like tune into the YouTube channel and subscribe to Mayo Media Network, that would be fantastic news. Even if you don't watch on YouTube, get those numbers up. And I'd really appreciate that. Also, fantasynational.com slash Mayo to get yourself the discount. I mean, realistically, if you want to get in on the API, then obviously you get like your weekly right now. But the move is, honestly, wait till Monday, get the monthly, and then you get the players through the Masters. And that monthly membership will be very valuable for all of the high-end tournaments, especially with the offerings on DraftKings. Two millionaire makers in that stretch. You're going to want all the stats and info you can handle. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo. Alternatively, I'm going to be doing the live chat Wednesday, 12 p.m. Eastern Time on Mayo Media Network. You can catch the replay on the podcast feed after the fact. But you can't ask your questions live on the podcast feed. You can if you tune into Mayo Media Network. The Listener's League link is in the description. It's almost full, so I highly recommend you get your spot right now. And also on Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets, The Mix, 
audio feeds where you can subscribe everywhere. Rate and review that one too. I will be breaking down the one and done selections for this week. Just a brief preview of what's going on. That's all the mix is. It's just short form content with picks and bets and that kind of thing. Plus an early preview of the Players Championship betting odds, which I will be doing with Ben Raza from awesomeo.com, who is coincidentally on the line right now. What's up? What's going on? Yeah, good stretch of golf. Good stretch of college basketball. March is a good month. Oh, always one of my favorites if I had to rank them. Oh, I totally forgot about that. You, me, you, and Cust have to do the March Madness bracket show we, again, like live. We, yeah, no, we do. Uh, two years ago, we were crew. We we didn't really listen to Tim, and we we just got it. Uh, Texas Tech, Virginia. We were rolling in that, so we got to run it back. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally forgot that it didn't happen last year. But yeah, I remember all the all the nice people like tweeting at me and showing me screenshots. Like, hey, I won, I won my bracket. So like once every what like five years, if you can win a bracket, like you're way ahead of the game. Yeah, that'll work. So uh, yeah, it's it's weird. We haven't had the tournament since then. It's been quite a long time. Um, also coming up on Thursday and Friday on the Pat Mayo Experience and the Mayo Media Network video channels, me, Cust, and Jeff arguing Ben about we did an experiment and it went so long we had to break it into two parts. But we ranked the top ten NFL quarterbacks that we would want to start our franchises around if it was only four years. So a four-year window, pick any quarterback you want, rank the quarterbacks. Who do you think who, who do you think had the most egregious selection of those? Well, Tim, obviously, I would assume. If it was you. I mean, I think everyone has the same number one, right? Yeah, I would think Mahomes. So who would be your number two? I'm just very curious, because this is where it gets real interesting with Tim. Um... I mean, I, I'm obviously this is on the spot. Maybe, maybe Herbert. I'm not. I'm not really thinking. Um, oh, really? I mean, but again, it's just four years, right? So it's not like you need him ten years from now. You just need him for the next four years. I don't know who else would it really be. I mean, it's, if Dak comes back healthy, Rogers. I still think he has plenty in the tank. Yeah, that's probably where I would go now that I'm thinking. Yes, yeah, so I went with Russell Wilson at number two. That was my okay, pick. That's fine. But like, there's like basically like a top. Oh, six. Josh Allen. Josh Allen was inside my top six as well. So Tim's number two. I just I actually I don't want to spoil it. Darnold. <laughs> Tune into it. It's not a bad pick. It's just I don't think that anyone is on the same wavelength as him as like the number two like quarterback you'd want to build around right now. So I'll, I'll put that as a tease out. And Tim and okay. Jeff is yelling about like digital cards and NTFs and all this stuff. They're two pretty good shows. We had a lot of fun filming them, but we're here to talk golf. Let's talk about golf. Let's just jump into the course. It's Bay Hill. Everyone knows Bay Hill. Everyone knows Bay Hill. It's in Florida. Bermuda grass, par 72, 7,454 yards. If you can't hit long irons, you're proper fucked in this situation. So many shots from beyond 200 yards this week. Over 33%, the highest on the PGA Tour of any event, and all of the par threes are over 200 yards. So that's where a lot of that comes into play. So if you can't hit a long iron, you, know, you might as well just fuck off for the weekend and go to Disneyland or something like that. I actually had someone tweet into me that they saw Cameron Smith at Disney Disneyland or Disney World. Which one's in Florida? Never been there. Obviously, the Aussies must have something for, for I think it's Disneyland. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, no. I think it's Disney World. <laughs> okay. I, I, I really, it's a 50 50 flip. One of us is right, but uh, good old Jason Day. We'll see. So, are we'll we see get, where is Jason Day going to withdraw for the third consecutive year in this tournament to go? That would be quite a, I hope he, even though I'm definitely going to play him, I, I, 
I think I'd be willing to sacrifice that money just to have the three-peat of withdrawals at the same tournament. That would be epic. Uh, if you are wondering about Daily Fantasy Sports, picks and bets, the mix where you can find some of this alternative golf content, hit the description of the video and podcast, and you can find all the links down there as well. All the videos will just be up on Mayo Media Network, like I talked about. 10K range. Uh, you have five guys. Rory, your boy, is the most expensive. He is 11500 Bryson's 11K even. Then you got Vic, Reed, and Hatton. I'm playing Reed and Hatton. Those are the two guys that I'm playing from up here. So, <laughs> you know, after last week, I, I was looking around, and first guy I stumbled upon was Hatton. I wanted to see what he did. Good. The stats are very confusing. Um, did he, like, chip into the lake a couple times, and I missed it? Because well, I, I think that what we saw was, because we saw some pretty egregious around the green numbers, but, like, when Hogard took, like, a 10 on that hole, he was... Three, he was 20 feet from the hole after three shots. It just went up, and then it came back down. And then it went up, and then over. And then it went up, and then it came back down. Like, that just happened last week. And that's not a regular occurrence at this course where it was at the concession. No doubt. Yeah, I mean, and just looking at Hatton, he was great with the irons. He was great with the putter. He's great in Florida. He's great on Bermuda. Everything is good. I just see minus six and a half around the green. Kind of weird. But, yeah, he's listen firmly in play Reed, you know he's just tough he's a, i always tend to play him he gained across the board makes it too straight coming off the win at farmers he played fine uh i don't love really him in florida to be honest but he's so good you can kind of go everywhere i thought you would go to hovland to be honest uh, i really want to go to hovland it's just at his discount price on DraftKings versus his odds where he's 12 to 1 in the betting market and he's the second favorite ahead of bryce and now he's the third and you do get a bit of a break on him i think he's going to be great however he has the tendency from time to time to strike it too pure and then he overcooks it <laughs> And I'm just looking for reasons not to play him. I think he's a, a fantastic play. I think he's going to be incredibly popular. And if I start my teams with Hatton and Reed, then I don't think I need to worry about ownership anywhere else because they, not to say that they're going to be unpopular, but they feel like the second man in on a lot of people's teams with the way that people are going to build this week because of the smaller field, 123 players, and there's like 10 legitimate duds in this field that will not make the cut. So like... 55, 56% of the player pool is going to make the cut. Like that lends itself so easily to stars and scrubs that I don't think that people are going to have a problem putting Vic and Hatton, Vic and Reed, Vic and M, or Rory and one of these guys together in a lineup and like the rest of the lineup will look fine. Oh, no doubt. Even, I mean, Rory Hovland, you're still working with basically seven across the board of the next four. That's doable um in this field so are you looking I, I know you've said Reed and Hatton are you looking at them together or just one of the two possibly on a lot of the teams uh two so the way that I have it constructed right now and I haven't generated my lineups yet but the three players that I'm using from above nine thousand dollars are Reed Hatton and Fitzpatrick those would be the three and I'll probably play every lineup with two of those three and some of them with three of those three yeah I mean Fitzy obviously the price is rising but it's warranted he's another one he gained across the board just such a good putter. Long irons are not a problem for him. He fits everything, and it shows why he's been good here. In general, Sunjay, also very solid. He had like eight three putts, it felt like, on Sunday, or he could have been even better 28th last week. Good here again. He should. I feel like he's going to be very popular along with Hovland, though. Uh, what I'm seeing right now from the ownership 
projections, and you can go to fantasynational.com slash mayo to go check these out in real time. Uh, again, we're talking about this on a Tuesday morning, so they're not going to be as mature as probably they're at. Well, what are we at for? There's only been 3,200 lineups generated so far. By the time we actually get to like Wednesday evening, there'll be like 20,000. So a much bigger sample. But I think a lot of people are on the same page with how they're doing it. It looks like Reed, Hatton, Fitzpatrick, Sungjae, and then Rory and Hovland probably being the two highest owned guys. The guy that's not is Bryson, which is kind of strange because at in any week, Bryson has that Rory potential where, oh, he's just going to win by five. Yeah, I mean, last week, it's funny. When I looked at his stats, he did the formula that sometimes he he just wins where he crushes off the tee and then he makes a lot of putts. His irons and his around the green were not good, but he's had more success than 22nd with that same formula. So I never know what to do for Bryson. He's always a wild card he's go, he's like wolf i mean that's why they're tied together in a lot of ways uh he's better than wolf of course right now i think but at 11k he's gonna be lower owned i just i don't know i always have trouble clicking him in at that type of price tag so I, i'm committed to the the core three that i have at the top but that doesn't mean i can't add someone above or below them in this nine thousand dollar region either just to diversify a little bit and then you know i'm not 66% committed to these guys going forward or even potentially higher if I can jam them all in. Like, I'm good with playing like 40%, 50%, that kind of thing, and adding a Bryson or a Hovland or a Rory or even just going down. Like, you got M, Hideki, Spieth, Day, Casey, and Fleetwood all in the 9Ks. And just looking at ownership, that Hideki through Fleetwood range is going to be hilariously underowned, except for Paul Casey, who's going to be wildly overowned. But whether it's Hideki, Spieth, Day, or Fleetwood, like, they're, they're not going to be very popular. No, and, and that's probably where I'll land. Uh, you could, in theory, take like three of them and build a very different lineup because no one's, I don't think, going to do that. Decky, on um, in theory, uh, I, I don't know. I look at what he used to be good at, and I think this is a good spot, but I just don't know where he's at. Even last week, like the stats are a little all over the place. It was good to see him trend upward, but I'm not sure if it's sustained. I I think him and Fleetwood are, are guys that, you know, if you're going to bank on long-term pedigree, you're going to get a steal in the ownership, but the form is certainly leaving uh, a lot to be desired lately. I wasn't that... I actually kind of liked what I saw from Fleetwood last week. That dude couldn't make a putt to save his life, but for the, the fir- for the first time in like a year, his irons in America weren't a complete travesty. <laughs> yeah, he goes and does things and then he sucks me in, but it wasn't bad. He couldn't putt. He's the cheapest of all of them. I, I'm sure I'll be over on Fleetwood. I, I I think this range is it's pretty easy to get decent exposures because, again, besides Casey, the ownership's not going to flood. Spieth and Day, I'm kind of indifferent. I, I think Day is fine. Decky, Fleetwood, uh, definitely good leverage plays in my mind this week. How about this guy for you? Who I think that if I had to take a shot on one of these guys from this range, Spieth. Yeah, I mean... Just ride it. Just, I, just ride the form. I haven't played him... Neither have I. <laughs> ...a long time, so... Maybe I will. Uh, I mean, the form, yeah, it's significantly better than these other guys. He's strung together three good ones. Putter's there. Irons are there. Off the tee, I think you could get away with it here anyway, and it hasn't been that bad. Uh, maybe I'll make a, a triumphant return with Spieth. I'm... Has he ever played here? I'm just looking into that now. I, I don't recall him. No, he's never played this event. 
Interesting. Yeah. I kind of like that, actually. Well, and like you said, like the, the driving, and this is going to be the piece that needs to return for him to be like legit competitive again. But at Pebble, he gained off the tee very slightly. At Genesis, he gained off the tee. He gained over a half stroke off the tee for the entire tournament. And that doesn't sound like much, but when you go back and look, considering he had lost in 15 consecutive tournaments with his driver, like he's starting to figure that out. Once he gets that back, if he gets that back, he can be Jordan Spieth again. No doubt. I mean, I couldn't. Genesis to me was never and is never going to be uh, a good course for him. So seeing 15th there was a lot more encouraging than seeing third uh, at Pebble like that. That was nice, but I, I was more encouraged at what he did with Genesis. Hmm. Speed. That's going to be interesting. And just looking back at his approach play, like he lost strokes on approach at Genesis, especially on the weekend, minus 2.2, minus 2.8 in his final two rounds at Riviera. But the one thing that has really stood out with him, basically, even since last year's Houston Open, his approach play from beyond 200 yards has been excellent. He gained, he's gained in each of his past seven rounds uh, from that range. He was bad the final round from that range, very slightly at Wampo, but he gained a whole bunch before that too. So if he can hit these long irons, he's not driving it into the water and he just does his speed around the green putting stuff. And he doesn't need to gain 20 strokes putting if he gains like four strokes putting. I think he's super live here. What is he, 30 to one? I think you can even, I think you can find him deeper. I don't know if he's going to like win, but as a leverage play in this 9K region, like I actually feel like I feel the best about Casey, but I don't want to just glom on to Casey Chalk. Uh, that's rarely a good idea. And if Casey flames out this week, see, because Jeff was thinking about betting Casey, I basically just told him, like, don't bet Casey this week. Just wait for him to shoot like 80 on day one after putting nine balls into the drink and just bet him next week at the players at 90 to one or something. Yeah, that's fair. Um, the other thing about Casey, and listen, it's not to say that this is like a non-cut because it's not, but part of the reason, you know, Paul Casey's very reliable, um, some of that's mitigated because this is an easier cut to make. Even if you don't have your best, you should be able to get through. You have certainly bumped up my speed interest. The more I look at this, pretty interesting. I'm not going to lie. And he now, he currently projects, I mean, this is about per Fantasy National as well. So I, it's hard to really gauge how the members at Fantasy National versus the public are going to treat Spieth versus anyone else. I would say the public is probably a bit more bullish on uh, Jordan Spieth, where, you know, people who look at stats and everything like that probably, but although, I mean, I just kind of looked at it, the, the stats kind of check out. They do. I mean, I'm a noted, not that I don't like speed, but I don't play him. It's not like Ricky or Decky or one of these guys I can't let go of. The stats are, are clearly improving and somewhat sustained right now. Going into a course where he has no course history, that could dampen some some of the ownership. I, I kind of like that, actually. And he seems like weirdly priced and people will think, and like this isn't a huge, like driving the ball well is always going to be important, but it feels like it's relatively mitigated at this course. Like there are forced layups on this course. Like the, the driving accuracy percentage by the field is like 67% because the fairways are huge. Now, if you start driving into the water, you're fucked like that. That's going to happen. So you just have to pray that does, but that could happen to anyone. That's why you always see like one or two, like of these big names, they have two bad holes and all of a sudden they're not making the cut. It's even more pronounced next week at the players where two bad shots. Yeah. And you remember, remember everyone played Paul Casey that year. He took like a nine on number 17. 
course I remember that. Yeah, I mean, that, listen, that just comes with the Florida swing. Honda players, you know, all these courses, uh, you're, you're punished to the max for shots. And sometimes an inch or a foot to the right, you're safe and foot to the left, it's over. So you kind of have to live with that here, though. It doesn't seem that difficult to keep it in play relative uh, to what Spieth's been doing. No, and the biggest thing working, because I was thinking about making a master's bet on Spieth as well, although I kind of missed the good number on that, is that Cust has started this campaign that Jordan Spieth sucks, he'll never win again, like he is the absolute worst golfer on earth. So that can only mean good things for Spieth. Yeah, Cust took him as the uh, second best person to start an NFL franchise with. That's the hot take. (laughs) Well, yeah, well, Um, he he actually had a rant on one of like last week's show. There's like two Cust quarters from last week if people want to go check them out or for the past two weeks. But he was mad at Jordan Spieth because he feels that this whole like curse stuff started with Jordan Spieth. So he blames Jordan Spieth for it. Okay. So Spieth's the uh, the origin of that. That's good to know. I mean, he's not the origin of that, but that's at <laughs> least how, at least in terms of making it popular, Spieth was the origin of that at the Masters, leading to the biggest win of our betting careers. Will it season? Yeah, this is this is like I said, you know, in courses like this, is a pretty easy cut to make. Reasonable price. It's weird, Spieth feels like he's mispriced one way or the other. I think we're either going to look back and say, wow, he had it back and he should have been, you know, 10K plus, or that was a flash in the pan and Spieth is still broken. He should be in the, you know, the low eights. So one way or another, I think it's actually a polarizing $9,300 price tag. And I know that there won't be ownership that comes along with it. So that's something that I like about it too. Growing up cereal was one of the best parts about being a kid, but I had to give it up because... Being an adult and eating sugar-filled snacks is probably not the best move. doesn't make me feel good, put it that way. So I've been cutting down on carbs and sugar and trying to cut down on the unhealthy foods. And basically I realized couldn't really eat anything anymore. So that wasn't great. But with the new year already into it, and you, know, you start your resolutions a little bit later than normal, we're all trying to eat better. But a healthy breakfast doesn't have to be boring. Magic Spoon has amazing flavors that you love. And with, get this... None of the bad stuff. Zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving, and only 140 calories per serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. Also, it's very good. Highly recommend some Magic Spoon. And we got some exciting news. Magic Spoon will be releasing two new amazing flavors this month for a limited time only. We're talking about, get this, cookies and cream and maple waffle. Sounds terrific. And if that isn't the most comforting, indulgent combination, then I don't know what is. This is the ultimate treat yourself combo. So make sure to get some while you can for a limited time or just build your own box. Available flavors to build your very own custom bundle are coca, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, and cinnamon. If you're listening from Canada, Magic Spoon now ships there as well, along with the United States. And here's the move you want to do. I mean, you can do different things like mixing coca and peanut butter together because it tastes exactly like a peanut butter cup, but just get a whole bunch of the fruity stuff. The fruity Magic Spoon cereal is amazing. Highly recommend. When I first got it, I wish I had gotten eight boxes of it instead of just two because uh, I would have just plowed through that and eaten it for every meal. Could not recommend highly enough the fruity flavored Magic Spoon. So 
Go to magicspoon.com slash mayo to grab the new limited edition cookies and cream, maple waffle, or a custom bundle of cereal to try today. And to be sure to use promo code mayo at checkout to save $5 off your order. This offer is good now anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, but only when you use our code MAYO at checkout. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember to get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash mayo and use the code mayo to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Dive into the hilarious minds of some of the world's funniest people on a brand new podcast, Comedy Gold Mines with Kevin Hart. From rising stars to comedy legends, Kevin will pair with comedic tastemakers for ear-opening dialogue that takes listeners on a wild and crazy ride through some of the world's top comedic minds. Listen as guests like Jerry Seinfeld, Bill Burr, and Hassan Minaj chronicle their comedy club experiences, give sneak peeks into their latest material, and share inside jokes with Kevin and more. New episodes of Comedy Gold Mines are now out. Subscribe on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, or wherever you download podcasts. Comedy Gold Mines. $8,000 range. Billy Ho is at 89. I, I kind of want to play Billy Ho. Like, I went back and looked at his, like, putting splits. Every time on he, he's on Bermuda grass, he gains, like, five strokes putting. Like, it's insane. It, it is insane. Uh, confirmed insane. He's a Florida guy. I, I don't know. I just... It's so difficult for me to click in his name over guys that I just think long-term crush him. But what can you say? He was great last week. Gained across the board, gained a ton of strokes putting, but he was good, you know, ball striking tee to green. Seems like you're paying somewhat of the tax, but he makes the cut every year here. I just have a problem with the price tag. I think the opportunity cost may be a little too much for me to get to much Billy Howe. I think you're correct. I think he's actually has a better chance to win either next week or the week after at the players in Honda than he does at Bay Hill. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I just, you know, his price will, especially if he has a bad week here, um, that price will go down. I've got Usti uh, right below him, who I actually do have interest in. Okay, let me ask you, old Lucksack Louie from the weekend. I went and looked into what he was up to. It was a lot of chipping in and a lot of like 50-foot putts. He basically had a Mac Hughes week. He does that. Uh, I mean, when he almost won at Valspar, he did that. He gained like, it was an insane amount around the green with the putter. Uh, He has so many, it's amazing how close he's been so many times uh, to a a win, but he's striking it well, though. He he certainly can handle long irons. Good driver. I I have no worries about Usti, except it is Usti, and he could certainly just randomly not show up physically or, or, uh, metaphorically it's just you take that risk every time you click his name in for me the ones that i'm looking at i mean i bet sam burns i'm just gonna go down with the sam burns chalk ship this week i like him i think i mean i bet him to win uh no matter what i look at it's telling me to play sam burns and we're back in florida great news so let's just go with sam burns i'm in on it if you don't want to play him because he's going to be like 25 percent owned i completely get it he's 8400 bucks he makes a lot of lineups work other than that zalatoris Kokrak, and I kind of want to play Harris English because no one is playing him. Finally, some sweet, sweet justice with that guy. Um, I even, I, I'm not saying I'm going to, but I certainly have more Harris English interest now that 
the dream has been killed and he's not like 40% owned every week, that's probably the time to give him a closer look. Burns makes a ton of sense. LSU guy, Bermuda, putting, ball strike, everything is there. So is the ownership. What about Leishman? I like Leishman. I don't know what to do with him. I mean, I've been playing him every week. I've been betting him every week. And this feels like the week I'm jumping off at the one place where he tends to play well every single year. So that's pretty smart on my part. Yeah, he loves this place. You know, as you know, winner, runner up, putted well, didn't drive it well. But some of the, like I said, when, when you have water and stuff, a lot of those stats are skewed by a hole or two. Um, so I don't overly freak out with that. I, I think Will Z and Burns are probably the most obvious targets, but I wouldn't even, even someone, I want to click Kisner in so badly, but I, I just don't think I can do it. I, I was the same way after he broke my heart here to Leishman a few years back. I was also looking at Kokrak. Like, he keeps having these good results, but they're all completely putting-based, which just can't sustain itself. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know how this happened in the first place, but it's... But he has some, like, crazy outlier putting weeks over his, like, past 10 events. Like, at the U.S. Open, over six strokes game putting. When he won the CJ Cup, over 10 strokes game putting. At the Zozo, over five. At Genesis, over eight. Last week, over four. That's his past 10 events, like... These are always kind of the guys that we like to see, don't we? That, I mean, we're so used to him being like, oh, man, Kokrak struck the shit out of the ball. He lost four strokes putting and missed the cut. But now it seems like he's entering, like, J.B. Holmes territory where he's a bad putter, but on the weeks that he's putting well, he putts really well. Well, that's true. Yeah, we've, we've talked about that a lot where there are some guys, you know their putting isn't going to be horrible, but it rarely is great either. It's like plus or minus two. Kokrak, it, it truly feels right now he's going to lose strokes putting, but if he doesn't, you're looking at like minimum of four strokes gained. And that's really, really interesting. But how is that? I, I don't understand how that's a thing with him in particular because he's, I don't know, he's not someone I really regard like that. Maybe he can sustain it. I just, that's a big ask for me paying this type of price. I mean, he has a good record at this course too. Even going back to like 2015, 2014, top tens from that range, top twenties each of the past two years has never lost strokes on approach at this course in his career, dating back to 2012. Like he kind of sets up really well. Yeah. I mean, digging into that a little further too, he, ha he hasn't really done it as much recently with the putter here. He's actually struggled a bit. He's really struck it. Well, maybe you are combining two things like that. I, not really a Bermuda guy, but I don't really care about that unless it's extreme. So in, in lineups that maybe I'm a little more aggressive in terms of, you know, I want guys strong off the tee. Maybe he finds his way. Like if I start with, I don't know, Bryson and Hovland or something like that. I can't figure out what to do with Molly either. He's another guy like Leishman. I keep playing and he keeps doing well, but now I don't like want to play him anymore. <laughs> yeah. I not the one I'm not good with him. I, I probably will roll most of that to Usti. Um, I'd rather play Molinari than Usti. Yeah, no, I certainly wouldn't. Just on, you know, I couldn't live with myself. Uh, God, of course, he, I'm just like looking at how Molinari won this. He won it by gaining seven strokes putting. That makes a lot of sense. And I think that he did um, it all on Sunday too. Of course. I, I vaguely remember this stretch and like Keith Mitchell was winning. There was a lot of bad things happening in a short period of time during that Florida swing. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think he's fine. I, I don't expect him to play badly or anything. I just, I'm not sure there's a massive upside. His form has come back after that horrible stretch 
uh, to end 2020. I think I'm going to take Zalatoris off my list. Ooh, okay. I, I like Will Z a lot, but I think that he and Burns are going to be the two most popular guys from this region, and I probably shouldn't play both of them in lineups unless like that's unless I'm starting with basically like Spieth, and that's how I'm building my lineups. I might talk myself back into Molinari and or Leishman, probably one of the two, and I think I'm going to play Kokrak and Burns and then try to figure out what to do with Harris English. Harris English like legit will have no ownership. Yeah, I mean, there's a real chance that I haven't played Harris English maybe ever, honestly. And, like, this is as close as I'll come. I, I just want to dig in. It was really, really bad. But that, ha- you know, the stats and non-cuts get skewed because on a normal week, it would just say miscut, and he wouldn't have to go 36 more holes when he clearly doesn't have it. So uh, the problem is it was it's building. He was bad at farmers, bad at waste management. So uh, I'm not sure where his game is even at. I was going to say my, my one takeaway would be that it seemed like he got a little bit better as the week went along. And then like he had his like middle rounds weren't so bad. Rounds one and four were terrible. Two and three weren't so bad for Harris English. So I don't know. Maybe it's just, he's kind of losing it at the moment, but he does have a nice track record at this course. So I'll try to wrap my mind around that. Uh, DKNation.com, I'll have my cheat sheet up on Tuesday evening if people want to check that out to see where I end up landing. And of course, in the live chat, we'll try to talk it through some more. You know, people ask some good questions, change my mind from time to time. So that'll be good. 7K range. I love the top of this range. You got Tringali, Lonto, Rose, Gooch, Cameron Davis. Can you help me whittle down that pair? Uh, or are you going to play yeah. Ricky? <laughs> Wait, I was going to say, hold on. What about Ricky? I mean, I will say, I don't think it's that crazy. I bet Ricky. Um, and I mean, I guess I, I have nothing left to say about that, but eh, at least he putted good for a change. I know that sounds crazy. That was a big problem for a guy that's used to be automatic. Cameron Davis is, is someone that's kind of a long-term buy. And I, I want to see kind of what he does during the Florida swing. Gooch can get crazy hot with the irons. Rose is a weird range. I, I think that this is possibly the, the most difficult range of, of all of them. There's a lot of different skill sets, a lot of different types of players here. I just look at like when I when I rated out everyone statistically and did it for the past 36 rounds, three of these guys are inside the top 10. It's Tringali's fifth, Lonto is eight, and Davis is nine. Lonto had a really good week last week and couldn't make a putt. Which is obviously very atypical for him. Um, I also, it's no coincidence that I finally played him last week. And now he can't putt. Uh, yeah, I mean, Lonto, I don't know. Do you worry about this course with him? No, I don't. I, I think that okay. Lonto is good. I think he's a good player. And I, I think it sets up the bet out of these guys, like in their profiles. I think the Cam Davis, it sets up the best for. I think he has the best skill set for this place, but just Lonto's a better player. I think, honestly, I, I kind of agree with both of those. Um, Gooch to me, probably the hardest one, just because I, I don't know what he used to be someone where it was just like he's going to get so crazy hot with the irons. We haven't seen that in quite a while. The results have been a little all over the map. The skills are a little all over the map. I, I think he probably gets squeezed for me, and I go, oh God. But then Ro- Rose is the other one. I really I, don't know what I, to do I'm, with. I bet Rose to win. Like, if you're betting you Ricky like to win, I, I got 66, yeah. And so, I played him with the each way. But, like, I, I don't know if I want to play him on DraftKings, though. Yeah, I mean, he's on my 
mayo, whatever that cumulative thing that we call thing. <laughs> I need him to start banking some money for me. Um, God, he was, yeah, he's just hasn't done much. The stats don't look good from last week. You're really banking on long-term form. Uh, he was good. He came second to DJ in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Yeah. During the Middle East swing. That That's true. Um, and last week, like his irons from beyond 200 yards were really good. Just the rest of his irons were shit. Okay. Man, him and Ricky, just what a duo. Yeah. I, I think I would rather take flyers on, even though they don't sound like flyers, it's Ricky and Rose, but over someone like Tringali, I'm not sure. I want to see where ownership falls, but to me, that's, you know, cash esque. Irons have been electric. I don't really like the spot, though, for Tringale. Uh, I have Tringale as, like, a playable guy right now. He also projects to be the highest owned of this entire range, yeah. too, where Rose is the lowest owned. He's even lower owned than Ricky right now per projections. Yeah, I mean, to me, that's pretty easy. Like, if if I'm going to get 150 ownership on Rose versus Tringale, uh, it's not close for me. Man, Tringale's been uh. so good, though. He has. He's been fantastic, and if there's no reason he can't keep some of that form up, but you're you're paying for some of it in the form of ownership. I don't love the course frame. I think he's playing a little over his head. I don't like the switch to Florida. Uh, maybe finds the weekend, but I, I think the upside's a little capped. How about Chuck Hoffman? Right below them. <laughs> he he's actually starting after those like three consecutive withdrawals. All of a sudden, like he's he's back to being good again. Yeah, he's rested. He. Uh, he saved up all his energy. If he could have put at Genesis, you would have got a, a hell of a lot better showing. He was good at Pebble. His API stats are wild all over the map. It's a lot of missed cuts, a runner-up, a couple top 20s. It, the problem with him, it's just he always, has, he always screams to me showdown play. Like you find 18 holes where he strings it together, but can he do it for 72? Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Maybe he's a first-round leader type bet type of guy. Yeah. So I'm going to take him off the list. And as we go down the sevens, the rest of the guys I got stars next to, Matt Jones, Alexander Norin, and I love Norlander this week at 72. Yeah, Norlander's just... I think he just might be actually way better than I thought he was just in, in general. Um, he's taking a step up. His around the green is better. Norin is interesting, though, in terms of the other Swede. I... I like want to go to him. I actually looked at him. He's like, you know, well north of a hundred to one to win. Um, probably as he should be, but I did look at him. It just feels like this is his sort of like this course is his sort of thing where, you know, it's, it does. it's long. We know we can make some putts. We know we can scramble. And even when he doesn't have it, he can usually find his way through the cut line. Even if he doesn't end up with a decent performance. Like I don't understand like why Tori and Riviera are places he plays well. That doesn't seem like it would fit his skill set at all. Like Honda seems like it fits his skill set, not these longer courses, but they do. They do. Yeah. I mean, they do. If maybe the wing gets up, maybe it's difficult. He's built for that. I'm kind of interested there. I mean, you have this range is, I don't want to say it's loaded because it's not, but you've got him, Connors, who's just good, Norlander. I can fade Connors here. You think the uh, scrambling gets him in trouble? Putting? I, I always think that. Like, I, I guess it depends on how easy the course plays. That I, I always just worry with someone like Corey Connors, where he's not the longest player on tour, which is, you know, 
he's a really good price at 73. So I think he's going to be incredibly popular. We know he's one of the premier ball strikers on tour, but he's another guy that I like better next week than here. Yeah, that, that's fair. I mean, I I will say I'm, I'm probably taking too much from Connors at Augusta. I know this has nothing to do with that, but I was, I was very impressed with how well he played there. Uh, I think he's like pretty primed for a good year, but there are other options. Grio is coming off a nice 11th at Puerto Rico. A nice Sunday. Um, nice Sunday for Emiliano. That's how, uh, that's how the man rolls. What can I say? Just needs to rally. I, God, you know who's... What about Bezenhut? No, I played him here last... I bet him here last year. He didn't win. No, he did not win. He was in the mix till Sunday, though. Like, I don't think that he's a bad play, but I actually like feel pretty committed to Norlander at 72 as like the play from down here. And if it's not him, it's probably Wyndham Clark. Wyndham, I mean, Wyndham Clark is the guy that I've been on heavily uh, to start the year. He's been him and Homa have been the two guys that have been really productive for me. This guy's price doesn't move um, and he just plays well. <laughs> His stats are a little weird to break down, but he's a great short game, good putter. I don't know how he'll react being in Florida, but I'll kind of live with that. What about your boy, uh, the Frenchman? Oh, Victor Perez? Yeah, there you go. Uh, So I I just don't feel like he's ever played well in America, has he? No, he hasn't confirmed. So per the world rankings and per what he does in Europe, he should be good, but he's not. I don't get him. Him and Bobby Mack. I think Bobby Mack is just figuring it out, though. Like, the, like I, I actually have no idea how old Victor Perez is. I assume he's, like, 30. I'm going to look this up right now. But, like, Bobby he Mack's be. a uh, – Victor Perez is 28. But Bobby Mack's, what, like, 22, 23? Like, oh, he's on a different career path, I think, where I, I really believe in the upside of Robert McIntyre long-term, where with I, this is probably the best Victor Perez is ever going to be. Maybe I'm wrong on that. No, I see where I see what you're saying there. I don't really have interest in in any of them. I would rather play. I'd rather play Wallace uh, at 69, who's like trash oh yeah, right there, now. Yeah, there you go. No, I would rather do that too. I'd rather play Benny on um, certainly Norlander, as we talked about. L- L- List and List, List and Kirk are down here too, and they're going to be pretty yeah, popular, Kirk. I think. Kirk is interesting. I mean, I was just looking though. Like we've talked about Norn and. Norlander there is Stenson. also Stenson who used to, like used to be a good Swedish player and he he used to love that he I don't think he ever won this event but I like he was like a top 15 machine here yeah I mean it's built for him like just keep it in play off the tee long I, I mean I it's perfect for him did do you like my uh I, I ran this by Jeff and I threw it out on the show that Morikawa is essentially just better Stenson I haven't thought about that, but yeah, I, I see that. Because um, it's like, I mean, he, like Victor is Rory, which is a much yes. higher ceiling because of the way that he drives the ball. Morikawa is a great driver of the ball, but he's more of a great driver of the ball in the sense that Stenson's a great driver of the ball, where he doesn't put it in the water, he doesn't put it in the woods, he's just in the middle of the fairway all the time. Yeah, I mean, his, his approach game, I'm not the biggest Morikawa guy, but it's unbelievable. It's, it's insane. Um, yeah, Victor is Rory though. That's that's for sure. They're they're <sighs> a good Kirk. pair to put together. Yeah, Kirk. I don't know what to do with. He's just not a name that I gravitate towards, and maybe that's just a bias that I have. I 
I mean, I, I'm a big Chris Kirk guy. I hit Chris Kirk at a corn ferry event last year. Just one of the few good things I've done. Um, how about this? better? How about this one? Good shock or bad shock? Matthew Neesmith, inventor of basketball. Yeah, I don't. I, I tend to say bad shock, but I mean, if you strike it this well with the irons consistently, you're gonna be uh, setting yourself up pretty well. I just there's so many names right there. Like I would rather play EVR. Why? Just, there's a lot of water yeah. for him to go into the middle of. Yeah, isn't that the truth? I mean, EVR last week, though, quietly, no one really noticed that he was like eight under every day, and then he would lose all those strokes by the time it ended. But he he shot like 40 under uh, cumulative, I think. It was insane. I kept kept noticing it, too, because he would always be out really early. Yeah. And then you would see like, oh, he'd have like PGA at PGA birdies would just be like, fire, 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 Eric Van Royen. And you're like, oh, fuck, man, he must be like top 10. And then I'd look back at the end of the day and you're like, you're right. He'd be like, oh, he, he finished plus two. What happened? Yep. Yeah. He I, I, every day, seriously, he was like five under through eight holes. And then it was just like, wow, he dropped four places. I don't know what he did. Um, God, this is tough. Yeah. I mean, I looked at Poston. I looked at Steel. These are the types, but I, I don't really have a ton of interest i would rather probably bump to the to the high sixes and try to steal a couple bucks uh for salary how's your boy aaron why is you going to him why wouldn't i it's doing his thing (laughs) this is not this is not a coastal course though it is not a coastal track but people I, i don't know what to make of so at waste management if people didn't see he had like an eight putt um and then he ended up making it he he really rallied and he weathered the putter he only lost 10.2 strokes putting uh (laughs) at waste management which he must have lost like five or six on that one hole um i i I still believe in him but i I don't know exactly how this course fits his game per se at this point so it's funny because in round one he lost 4.4 strokes putting in phoenix and he actually lost more in round three yeah that's bad (laughs) So that, that that really is something because it, it definitely his whatever I just described is in round one that much I know. Um, so here are the guys that I have stars next to from the $6,000 range Christ. that I have a lot of interest in. I don't know whether or not I'm going to play them, though, because I do think that the weather and the wind is sort of overrated at this course. Like what we saw last year is an extreme outlier. That yes. when I did look at the, I'll actually check in on the wind right now because initially it looked like it was going to be pretty pretty gusty come Sunday, but oh yeah, yeah, looking at twenty six mile per hour gusts and even some rain. Like it looks like basically British conditions on the weekend with a perfect first two days. So that's really hard to parse. That's why I like someone like Fitzpatrick in conditions like this, where I know that he can play well on this course in good terms, where I would feel really good about Rory and Vic and all that sort of thing too. And Bryson, but if the weather gets cranked up, then I want Hatton and Fitzpatrick and even someone like Matt Jones, just guys that play well in shitty conditions if the conditions flip, but I know that they can play well enough in good conditions anyway, that they would have a chance. And I'm kind of banking on bad weather to potentially sneak in, but I wouldn't just be saying, Oh, this guy's good in bad weather. I'll play him. Like Brennan grace, who we didn't talk about is probably someone like that. I got a running nose. It's I mean, so yeah, cold. Certainly. Uh, I'm just not used to it. It's my body. <laughs> I, I, I just, you just can feel the rip coming down now. It's not great news. But, um, like, do you have interest in Grace in that sort of player, I guess, is my question, just based yeah. on it might be windy on the weekend. 
I mean, there's definitely something to that. I build teams for that. There's no doubt. Uh, Norin would, I would have more interest in Norin than grace, but yeah, I, I see it. I just honestly, even not really that, but it certainly built a little and he hasn't been great, but he did make cuts over in the middle East. What about will it? Someone actually pointed me to that. I said that Tory Pines is a nice corollary for this course, which I do believe it is. But they also the BMW PGA Championship, where you just see guys that have won that event also have won this event. And Willett won that event two years ago. I I don't know what to do with him. He's had been playing like garbage before the Middle East swing. Yeah, straight garbage. No no doubt about that. Um, I just this is where. I don't know. This range, of course, is more wide open. Like guys like Weisberger, he was horrible last week. Domin is there. Redman is going to crush some people. I don't know if it's going to be me yet. There's names. I mean, this is why you can go stars and scrubs. There are legit names in the mid sixes. All right. So I got Matt Wallace, 6,900 bucks. Killa Keith and Sebastian Munoz, $6,700. The Gim Reaper, Cameron Champ, John. Uh-huh. 66 will gordon 65 and my guy seb straka 6400 dollars. straka is like really the only one that i'm committed to right now and probably munoz too who just munoz played fine last week munoz yeah he he had a little lull there but he's getting it back i have no problem with him what's wrong with kyle stanley i fucking hate kyle stanley not playing that guy that guy kyle stanley's got it back back in action handle he can handle these long par threes um, I'm with you, definitely with you uh, on Jones. I'm going to throw in Domin, I think is kind of interesting. God, I want to say Fratelli so badly. But... Do you want to say Schwartzel again? Hey, he made it. He uh, did make it. Unf- he did make it. Unfortunately, I, I those teams have <laughs> serious, serious issues. God, what about Robbie Shelton? <sighs> Big Bob? I don't know what to do with that guy. Like, him and Pan just randomly show up every now and then. Like, Pan's actually kind of sneaky playing good. And if this is going to be a course where, like, people, like, blow up all the time, I'm kind of convinced that you want to play a few lineups with Danny Lee every single week just because he'll randomly show up five times a year. I mean, there are guys like that where you're going to have to incur stretches where you're just like, what am I, why am I doing this? What This guy is terrible. And then... The few times they pay off, you could get it all back plus interest. Um, God, there's just like, I think this is where you really need to dive into what type of teams because you have guys like Stewart is here, Ventura, um, Lahiri, 61. Lahiri really couldn't get it done for me last week. I, I, I played him. I took, I put him in the lineup instead of who the fuck was it? Someone who played really well, and I just kicked him. Out. I think it was Badly. How did Badly end up finishing last week? I saw he made the cut. Mm-hmm. All right, let's take a let's take a look. I had it right here. Not Brendan Wu. Woo! Badly thirtieth. Uh, yeah. All right, so it wasn't really that big of a loss. I ended up. I played one team six to six. Like. Whenever I play these alternate events and I play one lineup, they're actually a lot better than when I play like 20 lineups in a regular event. Sometimes it, it works like that with those. You can kind of just like hone in. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, this is where, depending on how aggressive I am up top, there are names. Uh, Straka would be my favorite lower than 65. He's just, I think, the better player than these guys. But I look at Adam Long. 
Oh, you know, you know who I didn't mention that I actually do like that if you wanted to go like 65, 64 to play one of those stars and scrubs, Cam Percy's good. He played, I think, pretty well last week. Yeah, he, was, he, was in, top, uh, he was top 10. He was on my team. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, he's another Australian. Um, I, I don't mind it. He doesn't look like he's played here. I don't know what he'll do on Bermuda. He just he's not a good putter like at all. But like he has a decent short game and he ball strikes the hell out of the ball. Yeah, I mean, if you can handle what's going to be some of these aggressive shots, uh, you can definitely hang in here. And again, it's a cut that's not that difficult re- relative to a full 156. So uh, what about Chez? Yeah, pass. Yeah, good. Let's get rid of him. That's fine. I- I'd gladly not play him. All right. Well, I think I'm good. I, th- I think I, I've, I've got the core down yeah. to, let's see. Right now, I have 25 players in the player pool. I'll probably try to trim that down to 18 by the time I try to make 20 lineups. I, I think that's, I mean, it, it really comes down to, you know, you can butterfly it in the sense that you if you double up up top, you can have, to me, more guys uh, down low that you're committed. You have a wider net down there. If you build more balanced, obviously, you're going to want to trim it up a little bit, but... I feel pretty good about each price range. I think the the one thing that I have to figure out is how difficult do I think this is likely to play because guys like Norin, uh, guys that I need on the other side of that that have to go, you know, 20 under potentially, uh, th- that those edges are, are pretty small if you can narrow down the uh, player pool. I think the most difficult range to parse down is this like 77 to 87 range. Like there's a lot totally of guys in there good. I want to play, but I know I can't play them all. From Burns to like Hoffman, there's a lot of interesting guys uh, like Rose, like Ricky, like Cam, Lanto that I I know I want in theory, but I just have to decide how much is enough and who gets cut because I can't play all of them. All right. Ben Raza, awesomeo.com. Follow him on Twitter at JazzRazDFS. And you can listen to him and watch him next week. When we break down the players championship. Also check them out on daily fantasy sports picks and bets. The mix with myself as we talk through the early betting odds for the players championship, which will be out on Tuesday as well. So please go subscribe to that. Become a member at fantasynational.com right now. Fantasynational.com slash Mayo is where you're going to get your discount. Smash the like button for the episode rate and review the podcast and do all that fun stuff and check out all the other shows that are up currently on Mayo media network. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. Experience! Experience!